Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, where I interview artists about the more daily aspects of doing what they do. On today's episode, Poppy Judah, 
just released her new album The Power In Us it sounds absolutely incredible make sure you catch Poppy on tour she's playing at Sands Festival at Dreamland Margate on the 11th of June and then her own UK tour in November cheers for listening to 101 part-time jobs introducing Poppy Ajuda where we started the conversation on how she self-produced some of the power in us from her own home cheers for listening just look I look at, because I'm 31, and I feel like when I was sort of becoming a teenager, people, that's when people I knew were starting to produce themselves. And there was that Mm. kind of, there was a bit of that like tectonic shift where people were like, oh shit, you know, you can get an M audio for second hand and you can start doing it yourself. And obviously that's not like a new idea, but it's so exciting that you could just kind of create your own world. Yeah, totally. I think... um... It's amazing that that so many artists can take their creativity into completely their own hands and really like bring their vision forward. Because I think sometimes when you have a lot of different voices, it's hard to know what it is exactly you want to do. That that time and, and the lockdown and everything really was a good time for bringing perspective to what's important to you. What like what do you value? who do you want to be? How are you doing things wrong or right? Or, you know, how do you want to move forward? And I think the album is kind of a reflection of that as well. And, and I, um, I mean, I finished the album in, in lockdown and I made all the interludes and all of the like um, little moments at that time. So I think it, it kind of does have that self-reflection. The Power In Us has quite a few production partners that, that you've got on it. When you worked with different folks, like Joel Compass or Karma Kid, was it putting you in a new frame of mind every time? Yeah, I think whenever you work with a new like artist or new creative, a producer or a musician, you do wear a different hat because you're both being inspired by each other and that's a unique experience. And then even if you meet again at a different time in your life, you're then bringing all of those life experiences into that room in that moment and that's what you end up writing the song about or that's what you connect on. I think I used to always be quite nervous when I first started doing a lot of sessions with a lot of different people. Obviously, you're kind of thrown into a space with a new person every time and you want to be the best you can be and you want to make the best song you can make. And I used to be quite nervous about that. And I would try and prepare and I would try and write things and like bring things. And obviously, like some songs I have written the song before and then come with that. But um, if you're writing from scratch, I actually find that it's better if you just like allow yourself to be inspired by the moment and, and the creativity always comes. So it's like just trusting that like if you connect with that person and if you have the right kind of synergy and energy in the space, then actually you'll create something really amazing. Like Joel is someone who we just like get each other on a like musical perspective. When he plays something, it just really moves me. And I, I know that he really loves the way I write lyrics. And so it kind of will always happen quite quickly when we work together, it's just quite natural. And so that's why he has multiple tracks on the album. And he also produced um, Devil's Juice, which is from an earlier project. And that's how I first met him. And Karma Kid, I think Play God was the first song I brought to him. That was actually a song that I had already kind of partially written. And I was like, oh, and it was funny because I was like, it was also written with this guitarist, Tom Ford. And um, I think me and Tom were working together for the first time that day, actually. And um, Sam Kamakid had brought Tom in and I was like oh I have this song and it's like god are the men who make you pay like it was so intense for like to be in a room with like two other men who I just met but like <laughs> it's funny because I think that it's quite representative of like who I am as a person and I'd always have really great conversations with them about 
politics and feminism and gender and all these kind of things. But they just really got where I was going with it. And it was like, I really wanted it to be hard hitting. And I really wanted to like, oh, but can we put more distortion on the guitars? And can we layer them more? And like, let's add another layer of guitar and let's make the drums like this here. And like all of these kind of just like ideas. And I think like Karma Kid is so great with like making like really interesting drum loops and stuff. And Tom is one of the best guitarists I know who I love playing with. So yeah, I think it's just about the energy in the room. There's so much great soul and jazz and i live in deptford and when oh, they nice. started doing nights uh the the royal albert on sunday nights uh i think a lot of you know students from goldsmiths and it's just it's just unreal the quality that that is going uh, going along now you hear about theon cross and there's so much great stuff to be inspired mm. by and to, to be in that to be in that moment where do you see yourself in the mix of that if you can well, it's funny you said that. Theon's one of my favourite artists to see live. I think he's incredible. I love his music. Um, and Royal Albert, I've played there many times, but also my dad used to own it when it was a nightclub. It used to be called the Paradise Bar. And it was a mu- it's always been a music hub. And I think it's interesting that like you mentioned, like, oh, Goldsmith students and Goldsmith students used to always go there. And he had it for like 13 years. And Jules Holland used to play there and, and his brother when they were like squeeze. It was always a hub for music and it was always that like, they always had a jazz jam. And like, so it's really interesting that like even for my generation and like people my age, that has stayed the same as like a place where people want to go and experiment and play music and like just work out what it is they're doing with their creativity. And so, yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of in the middle of that because I'm kind of in the history of, of that venue and in terms of like now and current times, that that was the scene that I came out of that, you know, the music night called Steez, which Theon used to play at and King Krull and like Sasha Keeble and lots of James Messiah. That was a scene that we all played at. And that's where we all were like experimenting with our work and working out what kind of artists we want to be. So it, yeah, like South East London was such a hub for all of us to really work out where we were going and, and I think like my music kind of sits on a more commercial side to a lot of like the more jazz leaning music but it's also crossover and it's also like genre fused. One thing I often think about is how artists can like the different ways they can afford to buy themselves time mm. you know experiment with their with with their vision you know with their music and and I think part of that is taking yourself seriously you know mm. finding yourself to be like yeah obviously music is like a is like a really fun thing and you know it's such a uh, a cultural thing and brings you know you and your mates together you know it brings mm. together you and your family brings together strangers and then being able to take that and take who you are and and kind of you know shaping it into into you that's the thing that I'm really interested in like with these interviews because yeah. I think a big part of that affording your time is literally fiscally affording yourself time you know being able to to kind of get by and be able to work. What's your story there with with being able to, you know, give yourself enough time to, to take yourself seriously? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really good point you made because, I mean, every musician is um, starts somewhere and, and, like, every musician doesn't make any money from their music in the beginning. So you do have to have other jobs. And I think when you work, like, I, I was a waitress. I think I've been a cleaner. I've worked, I used to work at Explore Learning, which is where you, like, teach. I'm so dyslexic, so I don't know how I got that job. You teach, like, maths and English at, like, Sainsbury's to kids. So I've done, like, lots of different, like, little jobs or working behind bars where I used to just spill the drinks all the time because I'm so dyspraxic as well. I was really only ever made to be a singer. But all of those jobs, I would come back and I'd be so tired and I wouldn't be able to 
right or whatever and I think it's like finding that balance of like making enough money to live and really believing in your dream enough to do it properly and there is always a time where that becomes a difficult conflict because you might not be ready you know might not be financially ready to um take your music seriously you have to take that risk in order to get somewhere with your music I think that that is based on how much you believe in yourself or not because there are also lots of artists that aren't amazing that like are super famous and I think it just comes down to whether how much you believe in yourself or not and if you are a decent artist and you do have something to say and you do have something unique about yourself which I mean I think if you are being yourself you can only be unique um you will find that path but I think most people give up before they actually start believing in themselves and advocating for themselves and I think it's hard I think especially as a female artist we're taught to doubt ourselves so much like conditioned from especially when you reach like as a teenager and when your priorities start to change because you're kind of taught to care more about relationships or think more about like not career-based things I think and I think girls get quite insecure at like that teenager puberty age as well um because you're then a lot more pressure is put on the way that you look and the way that you dress and all of these things that you're taught your value system should be based around um and then that just this just that distracts from the other things that might be important to you like I remember once I, I had a boyfriend who was a guitarist always a guitarist and um I remember once I was getting ready and he we were in my room and he was practicing guitar and I was plucking my eyebrows and I thought to myself I wonder how much more time I would have to practice my art if I wasn't doing this which feels essential to being taken seriously as like a woman in society. And it like was such an interesting moment to, to realize how much time is taken away from women when we have to focus on things that don't really matter or shouldn't matter, but are seen as important things for, you know, important parts of being female artists. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just about making priorities and, and focusing and, and, um, valuing what you do and then therefore putting all your energy into crafting it because I think sometimes when you don't have time to do it you don't have time to develop it and it does take a lot of time to work out what kind of sound you want and you know what kind of artist you want to be and how you're going to make your music videos or if you're going to play multiple instruments you know there's so many things that an artist has to think about when developing what kind of art they make. I heard someone say the other day if you want to get good at something forget about everything else Mm. And that got me on this thinking, like, if I just think good thoughts or if I think like thoughts where like how to do this podcast better or how to do my other job better, how much time you could probably make by by prioritizing those things. I did some hypnotherapy this time last month and that was they give you like um, I think they do it with every hypnotherapy session. They give you like a like a 20 minute audio that they did like a, like a, kind of makes you go to sleep, but it's not like hypnotherapy mm. with a with a with a watch or anything like that the, the sort of belief system you know almost if you think about it like in the in a sense of like a religion christianity is one that i know best and it's like well you know you, you think about the core christian values and if you can identify your core values that basically makes you the person who you are that makes you the artist mm. that you are yeah 100 percent. and you know there isn't room for distractions I think that if you want to be great at anything you have to be really intentional with what you do and how you do it be really focused and 
just don't get distracted by everybody else's opinions and voices. Do you know how many people who've told me I shouldn't try and be an artist, which just seems insane now? You know how many family members said, oh, yeah, but make sure you have a backup plan. Or, but, like, it's really unlikely. Like, so many people have said that throughout my life. And it's like only you can create the future you want for yourself because – those people who have things to say, they're not there for every part of your life. They're not actually going to help you through any of it. But they will look at one snapshot and have an opinion. So I think it's so important to listen to yourself and not always take in the noise of everyone else. Because actually, you're the only one who, who, who knows your dream and who knows the plan you're making for your future. But I think you do have to plan and you do have to like take it really seriously I mean everyone's got a different personality you're obviously very easy to get along with have you had to become like pretty tough with with sticking (laughs) to that a hundred percent if you had met me when I was 17 I was a completely different person I would do everything for everyone else I just wanted to be liked so bad I was like so nice I didn't know how to tell people what to do I didn't want to be too assertive I didn't want uh, like I didn't want to rock the boat um, it's so, it's so funny because it's been such a journey and I think I'm becoming more thick skinned as, as the years go by, but like, yeah. you know, to, to lead a band, to do a tour, to like tell people what you want in a session, you have to be really assertive. You have to know what you want. You have to be willing to like stand your ground sometimes, or maybe it might feel a bit uncomfortable if you don't want to do what someone else wants to do. But I don't think women are taught to do to be able to sit with those feelings of being uncomfortable because we're so taught that we have to be liked and we have to be nice or we're, or we're going to be seen in a certain way or we're going to play into a negative stereotype. And I find that there are a lot of men that don't have that same perception towards being assertive and making someone else maybe feel a little bit uncomfortable by their assertiveness. And I realised that, oh, like, you know, if if two people don't agree on something, someone's going to feel uncomfortable. But often I would feel like, oh, it's fine if I'm the person that feels uncomfortable. But it, if it's my music and I'm in a session and, and someone doesn't want to do what I think is best for the song, which is, you know, ultimately should be my decision, it doesn't make sense to not be able to voice what you want to do. And obviously there's an element of like collaboration and compromise and listening to each other always. And I think when you work with people you trust, that comes quite naturally. But I definitely had to learn how to like tell people what to do, how to call people out when they weren't doing the right thing. You know, like I have a team of people that I have to be able to say, you know what, like that could have been dealt with better or what could we do better here or how did that go wrong? And sometimes I think if you're too soft or nice, it's hard to have those conversations. Um, So it's definitely something I've had to learn. You know, it's, it's like running a business, I guess. And I think being a musician doesn't always feel like running a business. But if you're an independent artist, which I've always been, you know, my whole life, you realise that actually I do need like business running skills. This is my business in a, in a sense. Um, but I just don't think a lot of artists are taught to see it that way. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe 
every day at sax.com. The record label, The Power In Us, it's on the record label, Poppy Judah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, I'm independent. I, I haven't created a record label, but it's, yeah, under my name. With all of that stuff, with all the, the admin, I suppose, the digital management, how are you able to not, you know, talk about priorities? How, how are you able to prioritize the art over mm. all of the organization that comes with it? I think that's a difficult part. I think, I mean, outsourcing is a really important thing and, and finding people who are great at what they do who can help you or work with you or collaborate with you. Um, I think when you're independent, you tend to do everything yourself. So I'll be making backdrops and I'll be directing music videos and casting people in the music video and styling and doing all these things. And, and that does get really stressful, you know, being an MD to a 10 piece band when you don't have um, any kind of like traditional musical training is insane. But I did do that for my last headline show. So it's like, it, um, it does get a bit crazy. I mean, I love the skills that I learn from being hands-on in everything. And I think that as my career develops and I work with more people, the one thing that I think I'm really grateful for is that when I work with an engineer or a producer, because I've had the time where I've had to do it myself, I know exactly what I want or I know exactly how to articulate what I want so that they can, you know, help to like bring my vision to fruition. And, and actually people really appreciate that when you work with them or if I work with a stylist and I understand a bit about fashion and I know exactly how I can give them a good idea of, of what the styling I want, it means that actually the team works better together. So I think it's obviously more more difficult when you when you don't have a really big system or a really big team around you. But I am grateful for the things that I've learned from doing a lot of it myself. There's loads of women to look up to if you're if you're a teenager at the moment. Mm. I mean, Billie Eilish has obviously become the biggest pop star in the world. Mm. The sort of hypest band in rock is Wet Leg. There's a lot of great art from women and not men, basically. <laughs> How what can we do to to like what can everyone do to kind of keep it keep it going in that positive direction? I think it's just about advocating for women. I think and that just means that you're keeping that in your mind whenever you're making decisions, whenever you want to hire someone, whenever you want to like work with someone new, when you want to book an artist, when you want to have someone on your podcast. Like what I've found is that what makes me happy is bringing more women into my space, employing female musicians, employing or non-binary musicians and having women DJ with me or if I have a launch party or like event producers or directors. I found that when I first started doing it, it was hard. And I was like, oh, I can't find any women to do this, this or this. And then as it became more of a normal thing, I'm just surrounded by women and it's great. And for me personally, that's really important because it's how I feel safe. And it, it like, it is important for my music because my music is feminist music a lot of the time. And it just has a different energy for me, which is really important. But I think it's just having that conscious idea of like, oh, I'm a radio producer and I've got to select songs for this show. I'm going to choose this many female artists who are amazing and who need to be platformed. Because I think a lot of the time it's that just that they're not being platformed. There are a lot of incredible women who have incredible things to say and incredible impact to have in culture, but they're just not being given that space. And I think that that is changing, which is amazing. I just um, was part of Sonia Boyce's exhibition at the Venice Biennale. And she's the first black woman to represent Britain at the Biennale and she just won the Golden Lion for it. And 
she's an incredible artist. She's like someone who has always been a really important um, person in British culture for like cultural impact. But she also chose to do her exhibition on black female vocalists and she chose to platform them and sh and show like the impact that they've had on culture. And I think that that really like shows her recognition of like how maybe they've been underrepresented in the past or, or underacknowledged. And she didn't put it forward in that way, but it just kind of, she just naturally chose to do that. And I just think that like, it's doing things like that, which is so incredible and led her to win the, the golden line for incredible work. But I don't think she did it for that reason. I think she did it because that's where her mindset was and what she felt like was a priority. Yeah, I think you have to lead with intention. And I think sometimes I, ha I in the past, I haven't always made the choices that I felt were the choices I wanted to make. They're the choices I thought I should make. And um, I think when you listen to yourself and you actually, and everybody knows what they should be doing, you know, you have that voice in the back of your mind or like that feeling that you get when you're around certain people or when you make certain choices. Everybody knows what they should be doing, but they don't always listen to themselves. And I mm -hmm. think that something that has been so important for me over the last year is really learning to listen to myself and my intuition and what actually feels right for me. And since I've done that, I just feel like everything's changed in my in my life around in my career, in my personal life. I think like I've made so many better decisions because of it. What advice do you have for, for younger people coming up, exploring, discovering themselves, you know, trying different things, wanting to kind of make their mark, but not, you know, we all know how it feels like to want to make a mark, but you just don't know where to start. Yeah. What kind of, what, what, what guidance can you give people? Be fearless, be um, assertive. Don't ever even question your value or your worth, because I think that when you're a young person, like the only way is up but I think sometimes we stifle ourselves so quickly because of like little we're like we're growing and we're emotional and we're still developing who we are and I think what other people say can really impact us but if you have a dream and you have a passion or there's something that you love to do just do it and don't stop because the only time it stops is when you stop and there has been so many times when I've been like maybe I'm not good enough to do this and I remember saying in the in the during the pandemic to my housemate, I thought I had something special to offer the world, but maybe I don't. And I think that was my lowest point of really being close to giving up being an artist, which feels crazy now because I, I'm not in that mindset at all. But I just wanted to say that in terms of like, you you're only where your mind is at, and it, and your perspective leads everything. But but it's not real. Your your reality is is whatever you make it and whatever you what you create for yourself. Um, and you just have to keep going and you just have to keep pushing. And it just sounds cliched, but the people who, who are successful are the people who just don't give up and they just don't take no for an answer. Um, and be honest, be raw and be yourself at all times, at all costs, because that is your unique contribution to the world. There's no one like you on earth. That would be my advice. Thank you so much, Poppy. It's <laughs> If there's if there's one thing you'd really love to do outside of, of playing music, uh, I mean, it, it could be producing, it could still be heavily involved in music. If there's one thing you can really see yourself doing, whether in now or in 30 years, what makes you happy to think about? There are so many things I'd love to do still. Um, I'd love to try acting. 
maybe public speaking, like advocacy um, in the future, be a yoga teacher. I love yoga. Nice. <laughs> be a cook. Yeah. I really want to open a restaurant. So the the franchises seem to come. The Michelin star is waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much, Poppy. Thank you. Thanks so much. So there she was, Poppy Ajuda. The power in us is out now. Find tour dates at poppyajuda.co.uk. I'll see you next week for an episode with Ezra Furman. And here is the ever fine, ever fast, ever factual Coxsparrow. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every bleeding minute I've been on the go. Up and down the ladder like a fiddler's elbow. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Mm-hmm.